One of the biggest shifts I had to make when getting my first content strategy off the ground was from candy bar content to a hearty content engine. I want to talk about how you can avoid building your strategy around empty content calories like I did. You're listening to the Content Head Podcast with me, Joe Michalowski. Every week I dive into one big idea that's come up in my day-to-day while leading content in B2B SaaS. Listen in for lessons and rants about working through the challenges of being a lean content team in the do more with less environment we all find ourselves in. Thanks for joining me to nerd out about content. Let's get into it. So when I first started working in Mosaic, I was on the agency side with an agency called Animals. And one of the pillars of the strategy that we came up with when we built Mosaic's content strategy was interview-based thought leadership content. And so this is normal. uh, At an agency, you are, or at least a content agency, you're pretty specifically focused on the deliverables that you have for the month. So shout out to one of the smartest content people I've ever worked with. Her name was Katie Parrott. Hi, Katie, if you ever listen to this. Her strategy made a ton of sense for the resources that we were working with and for you know, the, the contract that we had signed with Mosaic. And so the reality is we were only contracted to handle, you know, four or five articles a month. And so we needed a big impact on Mosaic, which was basically a brand new website. They had, you know, three or four articles at the time. They just were brand new. And so, you know, going all in on SEO probably wasn't our big play. And they had uh, kind of a unique advantage. They had this thing called the CFO Advisory Board, It was filled with heavy hitters like uh, the CFOs and former finance leaders of companies like Zendesk and Dropbox and HubSpot and Palantir. And so all of these people were kind of signed on. They were investors in the company. And we were promised sort of access to these people as a way to build content for the company. And so Katie's idea was to sort of get these people on interview and write narrative-driven articles about how they acted as strategic finance leaders, because that was the the name of the game for Mosaic was and still is strategic finance. And so would get those CFOs on a Zoom call. We'd ask really deep questions. We'd put a narrative style article together loaded with quotes and great insights. And, you know, we were super proud of the articles and everything felt kind of perfect, right? Except uh, it wasn't, it was not perfect. <laughs> and so the truth is those articles were what I'm going to now call kind of like candy bar content. They were more on the side of empty calories as far as like our efforts went than true building blocks of a sustainable content engine. And so I want to dig into what went wrong first, uh, and then we will talk about some of the things that I've done as Mosaic's content lead to, to sort of fix it. And so the first issue we had was it was just a massive like upfront effort. And so to get one article out the door and like these are like 1200 bird articles, like, again, we're really proud of them. There's a lot of thought leadership behind them, but it would take like weeks of scheduling. So not not actually like working on anything, just getting these former executives or current executives on the calendar could be like three, four weeks out. And so, you know, as animals, we're on a, a deadline. We have, we have to deliver stuff for the month. And so really just put a lot of stress on on the work we were doing. Uh, so multiple weeks of scheduling. There was some anxiety from the founders we were working with. So shout out Joe and Beach, if you guys listen to this. Understandably, like, you know, we, they were at the time a Series A startup. They wanted their investors to think that they had a really good handle on just starting to build out a marketing engine. There was no marketing team at the time. So really Animals was the company's marketing. It was the first kind of efforts they had done. And so there was just this pressure to to make sure that when we were on the call, we were really on the call. We were going to nail everything. They were going to look good. We were going to help them make it look good. And so once we were done, even once we got the article out the door, so the, the actual writing of the article after the interview was done, you know, maybe a, a week or whatever in the agency time, but then it was round after round after round of edits. 
it really just like at an early stage, you can't ship like with this level of oversight. So we're really just at perfectionism at the highest order. So all of that kind of led into this idea that's just a huge upfront effort. The second issue we had was misalignment on distribution. So the assumption we had, um, and I think rightfully so, was that uh, these big names would be bring eyeballs to the content. So because we had the CFO of Dropbox or the CFO of Zendesk or you know, these big logos for a tiny company, it was like, okay, like we get to mention them and people will flock to this content. But the reality is we're talking to like the, the finance leaders of this company. And like, I love them. Ajay at Dropbox, Alan at Zendesk, Ron from NetSuite, like all these guys that I got to talk to, I was, it was a blessing. And Colin from Palantir, just, it was great to be able to talk to them, to learn from them. The content turned out great. It still influences the content I do for Mosaic today. But the truth is like when you go post on LinkedIn about the CFO of Dropbox, it's not like mentioning the CEO or, you know, it's not like talking about Salesforce and like I got Mark Benioff on, on, on the blog or something like they they just don't have that like name recognition. So we're relying entirely on logos to drive attention and with no audience to speak of at the beginning it just and no personal profiles, like we didn't have personal brands to build off of. We just couldn't rely on the big names to make up for the minimal audience. So misalignment on the distribution was a tough one. And then the third big issue was just this idea that we had a big spark and then fizzle fizzle for a while. So for the first few we did, the first one we ever did was Ajay at Dropbox. It really did drive eyeballs. Like we were all super proud. Like I think it was like a, a thousand, 1500, 2000 page views in the first like day or two. And this is literally just like hit publish and like throw a company page LinkedIn post out um, and maybe like email some customers and get Ajay to, to share it on LinkedIn. So, you know, that's like, that's really the crux of this candy bar content idea. It's like, it's like eating uh, your, I, I'm a big junk food fan. So sorry. I'm also like trying to, to be better about it. So it's on, it's on my brain at the moment, but it's like this idea of like craving. It's like potato chips or something. So for me, it's candy bars, but whatever. Um, but it feels good in the moment. And it's like, well, I need one more and I need one more. You have to keep feeding that because there's nothing sustainable about the empty calories of, you know, potato chips or a candy bar or for content, this kind of like interview that as we try to build the content engine, like we need to move on, we go into moving, creating something new. And so what is the advice that we kind of come out of this with? And it's, needing to find the content catalysts for your strategy. And so that's what I have come to realize in the the years since we used to do this. And so the content catalyst is kind of like the the building block for what is going to be your sustainable content strategy. It's like the kickstart for your engine. And so in this case, the the building block was just this article. It's already done. And, you know, at best, like maybe you can like make a couple social posts out of it, but there's nothing really else going on. And so when I think about the content catalyst, I look for content that provides one built-in subject matter expertise. So boom, these uh, articles did the trick. So that's one check. Personally, I think video should be the starting point. It's kind of the way of the world now. It's how all of these social platforms work. Zero click content is huge. We'll do another episode about that at some point. But it's this idea that like, if, if I think if video is part of your building block from the beginning, there's just so much more you can do to make that content engine sustainable. And so the third point about like what to look for is comprehensive coverage. So you want to cover as much ground as you can with this content. And so in our case, like, I just think it should be long form instead of like a snackable sort of thing. And so 
I want to get into why in a minute, but what fits the bill of this? And I see two clear winners and maybe a third, and I'll, I'll explain kind of why. So the, the first winner I think about is podcast and webinar. And so those are like the two, to me, like should be the building blocks of any kind of do more with less content strategy. I'm, I'm a solo content leader. If you had a whole team, like that, that's different. But if I had to start from scratch, like I would definitely start with those. And it's because when I started Mosaic's podcast called The Roll Forward, the idea was that that was going to be the long form comprehensive coverage that I could leverage for every other piece of content we were doing. And so what I do is I bring all these people on the podcast and I say, instead of just like, give me, you know, an overview of your life and like your career and give some career advice, I try to build all of the episodes around a topic we want to cover on the blog for our SEO strategy. And so instead of just doing those two things in a vacuum, you end up getting subject matter expertise from the podcast about a specific topic that you were going to turn into a search optimized article that also links back to the main podcast episode. And so it turns into this little like sustainable flywheel, I guess uh, you could call it, where the two things are kind of feeding into each other. And then you take the video and you chop it up into different kinds of content. You chop it up into clips for LinkedIn. You can turn it into, you know, reels or TikToks or YouTube shorts or anything else, like wherever you want to take that next distribution step, you have that built in already. And so you're good to go. The other things that I see is kind of like fitting the bill of this sort of content catalyst building block. And and I haven't done these things, but from the outside looking in, I kind of wish I, I could, or I had the resources to do them. The first one, kind of internal data research led stuff. Gong did this. I listened to an episode of Dave Gerhardt's podcast with Devin Reed, who ran content at Gong when it was like taking off. And the idea was that they had all this data from Gong, the platform, and they would turn that into kind of like a research backed, like the 10 things you, that closers say in the final stage of a deal or something, you get a deal across the line, whatever. But it's not just like, here's some tips from an expert. It's here's the data from our call recordings anonymized and here are the stats. And they would just blast that like on LinkedIn, they would go email like, and that was kind of the basis for their thought leadership. And like that kind of data gets so much attention on its own that if you can chop that up into different pieces, you know, if it works for Gong, I think it can work for a lot of people. Uh, although Gong had a special sauce with the, the LinkedIn engagement. So different times now, but I mean, if you... You'd have be hard pressed to find worse people to to follow than Devin Reed. So if you see what he's doing at Clary now, would for sure follow along. And then the other one is kind of the this data box community led content idea. I'm not sure it's right for everyone. I haven't put it in place myself, but they crowdsource so much information that they can pack into articles. So like when they do SEO content, it's like they aren't just finding like one or two quotes. It's like the whole thing is loaded, like 30, 40 respondents and the the way uh john benini who i think he was left by now has kind of had kind of built that engine was that it was sustainable on its own to get that subject matter expertise and it was comprehensive enough because they had so many people contributing that they could cover more ground and so that doesn't have the video aspect but it's kind of a, a different spin on it and then kind of they had their own podcast and like video strategy it was like a separate thing and so they, they i'm sure they all feed each other too but that's really the idea it's like you want to get away from spending your calories on something that you can't sustain, one, from a distribution angle, and two, from 
just like an effort angle. Like if you're putting in all this upfront effort, you don't want to just have to sit there and chop it up into text-based LinkedIn posts all the time or like Twitter threads or something. You want to make the most of that content. And so for me, what I wish I had done at the beginning was record those Zoom calls. I had Zoom interviews with these heavy hitters. And I think we just would have been better off if I had, you know, hit record on those, gotten the permission to to share it and kind of thought about the video distribution before before just the interview text. And the reality is, you know, at an agency, it's just there's not a lot you can do about that. You're kind of restricted. So if you're at an agency and your job is to get articles out the door, like that's your job. And I know, you know, you want to provide more service, but it's not animal's job to to run a podcast for for mosaic like that's just not what we were hired to do so if you're in-house now like i am like these are the things you need to think about these are the things that the strategic leader needs to think about with their content and so uh, i want to kind of leave us with a few key nuggets of information about like kind of what we covered so the key takeaways here and so number one avoid candy bar content in your strategy uh, you don't want the instant gratification of traffic with no sustained energy you really need to think from the beginning of how am I going to turn this one thing into many things? It might not be clear cut. Like I'm going to turn this one thing into these four posts, into these, this YouTube video. It's like, it doesn't have to be one-to-one. The more you create, the more you can kind of weave things together. And I'll talk about that in another episode as well. But first and foremost, you don't want anything that you create once and just has to sit there or that you're relying on very few distribution channels to get out the door. So that would be my first thing. The second thing I want to mention about this is to find your content catalyst. What can you create that will turn into the foundation for more content? Uh, For me, it is the Roll Forward podcast. I don't really care if anyone actually like downloads it. Like the point is not the downloads. The point is the seed that turns into the 50, 60,000 page views a month for the blog over the course of its life of a month. It's the seed for video content that we can share with customers or prospects, things like that, like that kind of general build interest in what we're doing. Uh, So those are the things that you need to think about. Like, what is the content catalyst that's going to give me a sustainable engine, a real like meal instead of, uh, you know, for me, it's a Reese's. That's my personal advice. So that's what you want to do. And then the third thing, uh, subject matter expertise is your friend. You want to differentiate all of your content, not just one piece of it with expert insight sustainably how many like you can't just spend all your day uh talking to subject matter experts you need to find a way to mix match overlap reuse repurpose whatever whichever term you want to use you need a library of subject matter expertise that you can go back to all the time for more content that you'll create one month two months three months a year down the line so that is what what I would say, I hope those three things help everybody. This is the first episode we're doing, so I hope everyone enjoyed it. Just trying to get some thoughts out the door, treat this kind of like a little personal blog, share some insights that I've learned along the way, and I hope you all enjoy. I'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Content Head Podcast. One thing before you go, I'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Send a note to contentheadshow at gmail.com and let me know what's on your mind. And if you liked the episode, be sure to follow Content Head wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll see you on the next one.